0: For those of you guys that don't know me, uh, my name is Jerry, Uh, my wife Marie, we've been here, as I was asking her, you know, um, I think almost 19 years, we were in the park when uh, Pastor Manny had asked me to teach, I had, um, Richard Ortiz was my my henchman, and I guess they had roughed up one of the kids and stole his Bible, so uh, Manny asked me if I could teach, so I did, and from there, uh, it's been 19 years later. Uh, it's been a while, 19 years, seven children later, um, and we've just been serving God by His grace. Uh, nothing great or fancy about us, and um, the Lord's been faithful. You know, um, interesting enough, um, this, this past year was an odd year for me, as uh, I've been overseeing by God's grace the youth ministry with my wife uh, for these, all these years. Uh, this past year was sort of a, a falter, I think, on my part. And the Lord is good. And we'll see even in our text today where God is faithful. And even if we try to insist, God will have his way in the end. You know, for those of you that are here and you're resisting the spirit of God, you're resisting the grace of God, let me, let me tell you, he will pursue you. He will knock at your heart and knock at your heart and knock at your heart. And by his love, he'll wear you down like he did all of you. He's just, it's who he is. He's not like us. He's not human that he would go back on his promises. He's not a man that he would go back on his word. And he loves you, and he has a plan for you, just like he has for me. And uh, so today, um, I wanted to, I know Henry asked me to introduce myself a little more, but I'm going to cut that off, because I have a whole text to teach, and I don't think I have enough time, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to probably browse through some of these people here. We're going to go through Hebrews chapter 11, if you guys can grab your Bible, uh, open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter eleven, and uh, as you guys are turning your Bibles, for those of you who open your phones. Uh, I teach out of my phone, probably not the most best way, but I've always done it. I've been doing it for years, and um, I'm just used to it, I guess. You know. Uh, so a few things, a little a little uh, uh, backdrop between in the in the book of Hebrews, you're going to see that from chapters one through six, um, we see that there's that uh, Jesus is is better or superior uh, than the prophets, the angels and Moses and Aaron, and the law and there 's a reason why the writer of Hebrews wanted to point these out. We also see from chapters uh, seven through ten that Jesus was superior in order, in covenant, in uh, sanctuary, and sacrifice, and everything about him was was better so one of the things we 're going to cover. And I I know Henry asked me what the title of of the study today is. And for those of you guys that know me, my notes are like chicken scratch. I've been known to not even understand my own notes. So uh, it's always confusing when I write stuff down. So a lot of times I just memorize the whole study in my head because it's easier that way. Um, But uh, what we see here is, is, uh, well, Manny asked me, or Henry asked me what the title was. So I titled it because it was the only thing I wrote down. I was writing as I got here. Everything uh, before I got here, and, and as Henry asked me what the title was, he could put it up there. I was just like, you know what? The only thing I wrote down was, "Faith is the greatest power in the world." And I think I got that from Warren Wiersbe. I didn't originate that for myself, just so you know. And uh, one thing I see here is, uh, for example, just the idea that Christ is superior than all these things as He's writing to the the the, the Hebrews here, uh, the, the the audience. The book of Hebrews teaches us that Jesus Christ is superior in person. And you see that from chapters 1 through 6 as I explained to you guys. And he exercises a superior priesthood from chapters 7 through 10. And the idea behind this is to encourage the reader to put your complete trust in Christ. That's what he wants to do. The people who were intended to to reach were being tempted to go back to Judaism. To put their faith in Moses in the law and their confidence was in visible things um, of this world, not in the invisible realities of the of God instead of going on to perfection or maturity, they were going back to w- literally what 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 he called it was waste in, in chapters ten verse thirty nine They were going back to nothing, and so the idea was to encourage them to stick with Christ, to follow the Lord to serve the Lord, and he gives this whole list of people of faith. As we read through this, you know some people call it the hall of faith, but if you guys have your Bibles open, go to chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, and read with me. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which were seen were not made of the things which are visible. And I kind of love this section here because Chuck Smith says that this is not so much as much as a, of a definition of faith, and I think Warren Risby says it's more of a declaration um, or a description of what faith does and how it works. It, it, and, and so we see here that faith, number one, it's not a feeling. You don't, it's not something that you can conjure up uh, and, and you feel it one day and you, you don't the next. Just because you wake up one morning or you have a pain going down your leg and, and you're in pain, it doesn't mean that God's forsaken you, that he's not there. Or if the bills aren't being paid or if you can't feed your kids or or life is a struggle, it doesn't mean that God has left you alone or he doesn't exist. And and the next day when you walk through you know the store and you pick up $50 on the ground and you say, oh, thank you, Lord, the Lord blessed me. You felt him one day, but you didn't the next. God and your, belief in, your faith in God is not a feeling. It's not a blind optimism either. It's not just like you know, your positive confession, a lot of people will say. You've got to be positive. Don't be so negative. Um, faith is not some self-achieved doctrine. Because some people think that you can reach this hierarchy or this higher learning and therefore, you, you come to a place where you arrive. It's not what faith is. That would pretty much be... Um, uh, also, also, my notes, not believing in spite of evidence. I think that's a common mistake that we make of what faith is. Not believing in spite of evidence. Like, you think that, oh, well, I have I don't need evidence to believe in God. Yes, you do, and you have plenty of it. You have plenty of evidence to believe in God. That would pretty much be superstition. And also, I wrote... Um, The reason why I'm saying I wrote, because I don't normally write notes, but I wanted to do that for you guys. It's not just a girl's name, just so you guys know. But true biblical faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Because a lot of times, people go through difficult times, and like I said, they don't think that God is there. You know, if you guys take your notes here in these first three verses, uh, verse 3, the second part, it says, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. And so when we look at faith, we believe in God. And when you look at the Bible, you're going to always find that as you read the scriptures, God never openly says, hey, hey, guys, hey, I'm over here, it's me. You can believe in me if you want, oh, it's me. No, when you read the Bible, it says in the beginning, God, Period. There was no explanation. There was no wondering. Even the writers knew God was there. He's evident. His, his fingerprints are literally on you. You're made in His image, and it's interesting that you know God doesn't have to apologize, you know, or or explain Himself. He just says in the beginning, "I've always been here." You know, my daughter, I think, recently asked me. She said, "Well, how is it that God?" Um, I mean, how has he, he's always been there. How could he always be there? How did he, somebody made him, he came from somewhere. I said, no. I said, mama, you know, God is eternal. He's an infinite being. There's no one like him. You know, when you look at, for example, the idea of the, the let's say, let's um, I mean, outer space. You think about it. In our galaxy alone, there's, I don't know, uh, 400 billion stars, just in our galaxy. And when you look at the idea of a billion, if you were to put it on a computer and, and, and count it you know, up to a billion, it's going to take you 37.7 years. If you were to audibly do it and count up to a billion, it would take you almost 60 years, a lifetime. So when we say a billion, we, we, we say it so loosely, but we don't realize how big the universe is. And then now they're, they're saying that there are, there are trillions of galaxies with billions of stars. And I say this because when you think about that, how big is God? And how small are we? Yet he's, he, who are we that he's mindful of us? And I told my daughter, I said, you know what? I said, God says he's eternal. He's self-existent. He's always been there. If he wasn't eternal, then he would be limited. But because he's eternal, I believe what he says. And I, and I believe he's always been there. It's really simple for me. I trust him. And so, you know, faith that we have is not a, a blind faith. It's this confidence to God in spite of anything around us. It's things which are seen we're not made of things which are visible. And when you look at the book of Genesis, we see that God made uh, the creation of the world and, and, and all the universe by speaking it into existence. That, 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 that word bara, just, just speaking it by the power of his word. Just a powerful word. And it's interesting that when God speaks, life exists. And he doesn't do it from, you know, from, from plastic to make a bottle. No, he speaks life and it appears from nothing. That's the God of the Bible and the God that we serve. And so this is why, you know, faith, by faith we understand. It says in verse 3 that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. And, you know, we exercise faith all the time. You know, we look at the magnetic poles. We know that, that opposites attract And we don't see it, but we know it's there, just like the wind. We never see the wind, but we see the effect of it, the tornadoes, uh, the storms. But we've never seen the wind, but you guys all, and I believe, the wind is there. And so the evidence is there, the proof is there, and God is real. That's the faith that we have in who God is. And so the evidence is, is clear. So... One thing I, I, I ask myself, how does faith operate? And I think there's a really simple answer, answer to uh, how faith operates. God, listen to this, speaks, and we hear his word. And then we trust and live no matter the circumstance or the consequence. That's faith. That's how it operates. We see that in Acts chapter 12 when Herod uh, killed the, uh, James, the brother of John, he then saw that it pleased the Jews, so he, he pursued Peter and put him in prison. And if you guys look at, uh, I think it was um, uh, Peter, who, who, who he ends up sleeping in prison. And when the angel wakes him, he, he doesn't realize it was an angel that delivered him until he got outside and said, wow, that really happened. Because when you look at Peter, Peter, he knew. When you read John chapter 21, he knew the words of Jesus. He told them very plainly in John chapter 21. He said, Peter, one day when you're an old man, they're going to drag you away and they're going to crucify you. And they knew by the death that he would have. And so Peter wasn't an old man yet. And he was in prison and his life was threatened, but it wasn't his time. Because he believed what Jesus told him. And that's exercising or faith operating in action. No matter what the circumstance, he trusted the Lord. And that's what we see here, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and that's why it says, "For by verse two, by the by, for by it, the elders obtained this testimony, that no matter what happened, they believed and they overcame." So we also see in verse four. Uh, I wanted to go through every verse. I'm going to try to tonight if I have the time. And there was actually, it's actually rich in understanding of of faith and these people who who believed in God no matter what happened. Many of them doubted. Many of them were weak. I I even put titles of little faith, weak faith. But you know what? In the end, God didn't see their their flaws. He saw that they believed. And that's encouraging to me and to you because you know what? Truth is, you're going to be flawed. You know, for those of you young people, you need to look at your parents or your elders or the church and see they're, that they're not going to be perfect. They're going to be flawed. But, in the, but you're going you're to weigh out the good and the bad. And you're going to learn from the bad. And hopefully you do better along the way. And you grow. And you move on to maturity. Look what it says here in verse 4. I put worshipers, um, wor- worshiping faith, uh, the worshiping faith of Abel. It says, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Through which he obtained, and notice this, the witness that he was righteous in God, testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. I like this verse because the difference between Abel and sacrifice and Cain's sacrifice was not vegetation or animals. And I think that's a common mistake and interpretation of this passage. Abel's gift, notice what it says here, was by faith. That was the key. By faith. It's not going to church. It's not just reading your Bible. It's not just saying a prayer. It's by faith. God sees you. He sees your heart. It's by faith. And he was obedient. It says he worshiped God. And that was a testimony he had. God testifies of his gifts. Now, probably, uh, I think, and I think some people would agree, and you can disagree if you want, uh, probably his 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 uh, the testifying of his gift it was consumed with fire most likely not it's not specific we see this in the dedication of the temple in Leviticus nine twenty four as the fire came down we also see uh, um, I'm sorry the de- the dedication of the tabernacle in, in, we see the dedica- we also see that in the temple in Zachar in Second Chronicles seven verse one and we also see it through David's offering in First Chronicles twenty one twenty six. Elijah, too, as he called fire from heaven. See, this was God uh, testifying that it was by faith, testifying of uh, Abel. Our example and reminder that faith is not always rewarded on earth, but rather Abel's blood, as it says here, still speaks to us, reminding us of the value of eternity. That Abel knew that, you know what, uh, it, there's, there's more to this life than just food and money and and fun and there's more to this life matter of fact there's eternal life and even though his blood it says here that testifying that through him through it he being still dead still speaks to us that's that's the testimony that he has now Verse 5, it says, Enoch's faith, walking faith is what I wrote. <laughs> I don't even know why I wrote that. Walking faith, uh, because it says he walked with God and he was not for God took him, right? So Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24 uh, tells this story. Well, he had, the, that he had with God and and he was not for God took him. So John Corson kind of explains this really well, that he was so close to the Lord that one day, you know, as he was just hanging with the Lord and he was so close to God, the Lord said, hey, you know, Enoch, may- maybe, maybe you can just come home with me today. And that's what we see here. He pleased God right here. Uh, for by faith, and I'll read it to you. For by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God interesting that was a testimony that he had and now when you read these people i want you to read their lives and and in a lot of ways that should be us men and women of faith and for those of you that are young even young people of faith for those of you that are really old old people of faith you know god's not a respecter of people god can use anyone we've seen him use donkeys in the bible And so God can use anyone, and God can reach anyone. You know, he pleased God. Uh, The purpose why we exist is to please God. Revelation 4.11, it says it very clearly. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. See, we were made to please God. And we see Enoch lived a life that was pleasing to God. In verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And you guys, for those of you guys note takers and Bible young scholars, notice how it has a comma there. That God, yeah, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Not half-heartedly. Not most of the time, or I'm sorry, some of the time. Not when it's convenient, but whenever he leads you early in the morning, late at night, at work, while you're driving, no matter what it is, you must believe who he is, it says, that he has a plan for you and that he loves you. A lot of people have a hard time with this. I have a co worker who said, you know what? He had been reading my Bible, but guess what? I mean, really? A big fish swallowed Jonah? And I was like, really? He did, okay? (laughs) I mean, I'm not the smartest guy on earth, but it's a no-brainer for me. You know, the Bible says, let every man be a liar and let God be true. And I believe him. He doesn't lie. He cannot lie. And so some people just, in the end, they don't want to believe in God. Jesus said it very clearly in John John chapter 3. He said, people don't come to me because I'm going to expose their sin. I'm the light of the world. And they love God. Their sin more than me. I mean, we know the verse in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But, you know, verse 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so he wants to save humanity. He wants to save the unbeliever. But there are people who just simply won't come to him because they love their sin more. That's really it. You hear all the excuses from everybody But in the end, you're going to narrow it down and you're going to find sin in their life. And that's going to be how they excuse themselves and why they can't believe that Jonah was swallowed by a fish. And that can't be you. Because without faith, you cannot please God. And those that want to come to him must believe who he is and that he is a rewarder of you who seek him diligently. Also, we see um, in verse 7, I'm kind of going to go through these a little bit because there really is much more than I have time to teach you, or cover, should I say. Uh, We see Noah's working faith here in verse 7. For by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And, And this is an interesting Uh, section here because Noah during his time it never rained there was just a mist that would come up and water the earth plus they had a a a water barrier above the earth and so ultimately some people believe that there probably was a global greenhouse is why you're going to see you know uh, uh, fossils that they found of 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 fruit trees and and different uh, uh, animals that shouldn't be in Antarctica under ice that are probably there and they're all over the world because at one point that was probably, a, it was just a global greenhouse and, and life was everywhere, you know. And so here is, is uh, Noah with, moving with godly fear. He turns around and God warns him and, t- and tells him, build the ark. Well, he builds this huge ark and has never rained. And just in his working was a witness to the world and it was a condemnation to them that they were rejecting the love of God. And that's Christianity, It isn't always just in your face. Honestly, you don't have to pick it in the corner. You don't have to scream it out loud with a bullhorn. You just have to live it. My mom taught me that. um, Years ago, I guess my dad passed away, and she was kind of grieving. It was kind of interesting. My mom would sleep, when he passed, the opposite way. She couldn't sleep like normal because she didn't feel normal without her husband. Even though he didn't know the Lord, she loved him. And so she turned around and one day she she was she was upset she told the lord i'm upset that my husband gave up he gave up on life on on our marriage and the lord the lord showed her something the lord showed her you know what as long as he lived with you he had to live with me as long as he lived in your home he had to go to church and then you and then he, he the lord showed her hey you know what you were so concerned with the marriage theory, the marriage, the marriage, the marriage there, he says in Malachi, and the Lord said, I want a godly offspring. And that's the result that we see of a lot of people is, is, is that overflowing. And this is what we see with, with, uh, with Noah. As he lived a godly life, he also saved his family. And they, his witness reached them because they believed. And they didn't perish like the rest of the world. You know, Second Peter two five says, you know that that he that he was a preacher of righteousness. Now Jesus in Matthew chapter, you know I didn't write it down because I don't understand my notes to be honest with you, but in, in, <laughs> I could find it. I think it's Matthew twenty four. I might be wrong. In in the, the Gospel of Matthew. You know, Jesus said that the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah where they were eating and drinking, they weren't believing, they didn't care, it's not going to happen, and he says, oh, I'm going to come. And remember, the, the, the second coming of Jesus Christ is God's answer to all of humanity's problems today. That is the answer to all the wickedness and corruptness that we see in society and around our world. All the diseases and, and all the death and all the sorrow and all the pain, the answer is the love of God to come and bring his son and judge the earth and cleanse it. That's what God's going to do one day, soon. No doubt, soon. And that's why Jesus said, when you see all these signs and wonders, like a woman giving birth, I know I've know i never given birth, even though I always say I had seven kids, people look at me like, oh, you've had seven kids? I say, no, I haven't had one, not one. But I've seen the birth pangs and I've seen the false Contractions, and i had been in hospital day after day, night after night, when you know, after week after week, you know, all our kids are premature, and they all wanted to come out early. So you know, I've seen I've seen the process, and then once that water bag breaks, that's it, baby's coming out. See, me and my wife were pros at it after a while. I think the last few, we were sitting there sleeping. She's probably dilated to ten. She wasn't in pain. She was asleep. Dad, are you asleep? Mom, are you sleeping? And like, is the baby out yet? You know, we, we got accustomed to it. We were used to it. And, you know, we're going to see that Noah had a working faith. And he reached his family and he reached uh, uh, his loved ones uh, and saved them. God used him. Notice also with, uh, with me, uh, go to verse 8 as we move forward. Uh, for the sake of time. Um, I put here Abraham's obedient faith. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. And it's kind of interesting because I guess I can relate to Noah. For me right now, I told you I faltered in ministry in my own way. I felt like I did, but God in his grace has has, has kept the ministry alive because it's his church, it's his, it's his people It's his bride. It's his work. All by his grace. We get to just partake of that, that, that grace and that glory as we just serve him. You know. But I in the process, my wife and I are are planning on moving, to be honest with you. And so a lot of people we've said, Oh, New York, New York, we're gonna go to New York. So people are like, You like the city of New York? Well, not not really, it's gonna be the suburbs. You know, oh you're going from another democratic state to another democratic. I'm like, well, not for political reasons, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to be obedient to God. And so one of, the guys, one of the brothers was like, why New York? I don't understand. Why? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know I'm supposed to go. And I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be. I know that the way it's unfolded for me is, you know, we've been here for the past 19, 20-ish years, and it was really just youth. So for many of you, I've taught many of your children uh, for over the years, Randy, you were 13, 14 when you got here, and now you're 55. That makes no <laughs> <laughs> spiritual years, you know. And so, I've we've seen over the years um, just how God is faithful. And you know, I guess, like I said in my faltering, I noticed that the Lord found a way, He worked it out. And now, through the not so much the result of the pandemic but I think it had a byproduct where a lot of people got involved. John and Rosanna are now overseeing all the events. There's more people involved in the rotation. I mean, I've worked for a month straight. Randy's helped me out a lot, filling in for me on Sundays. I haven't had a day off in a month. And you know, the Lord has worked it out for us to move. And when we leave, the ministry will will be taken care of. You know, because this is God's church. And so... By faith, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I know I'm gonna go. You know, I think it was John Piper who said, if, for those of you young people, uh, you know, he said, if you, he said if, what he would tell a young John Piper, of course, he's a little older man, he said, I would tell a young Piper to marry someone who will go wherever you go, wherever Jesus sends you. That's the person to marry. He said, because years ago he said, hey, I'm going to New York. And he was just a thought in his head because he's a crazy young man. And he she turned around. He said, he, and his wife's uh, bags were packed. Okay, let's go. Because that's the woman or the person that you want to marry someone who's willing to follow the Lord no matter where you go. And so, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now. By faith, Abraham didn't even know, it says, by faith, he, 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 he obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. It's not a perfect faith, but an obedient faith. Compared to Genesis, if you guys do your comparison and do your you know, Bible reading, you'll see Genesis 12 verses 1 through 5, and then you see Stephen's preaching of Acts chapter 7 verses 2 through 4, and it has like a discrepancy. But if you put them together, you're going to find that Abraham was initially called out to go to the promised land, but he, he didn't go. He hesitated kind of went halfway where he was called, eventually going all the way. Thousands of years later, God did not remember the delayed obedience, only Abraham's faith in God. And that's how God sees you tonight. He doesn't look at you in in flaw and in perfection. As a matter of fact, when he looks at you, he sees you as in Christ. When you put your faith in the Lord, the Bible says that just like Abraham, the, the righteousness of Christ is literally transferred to you or accounted to you it's as if god's jesus's account is perfect before god right standing holy righteous and ours is not and we're in debt to god and we owe him because of our sin and the moment you put your faith in christ god transfers the righteousness of jesus to your account and god sees you now as his son and his daughter because of jesus and he sees you as right and you could stand in front of him And you can go before his throne and you can plead your case, your children, your family. You can love him and he'll love you back. That's the God we serve. And that's what we see here. God did not see his error but his faith. That's what God sees in you tonight. Let's go to verses 9 through 10 as we move forward for the sake of time. It says by by faith, and notice the key word here, by faith. It's a repeated uh, phrase that you're going to see, by faith. That's like important in this chapter. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, Abraham did. And I put in my, in my notes, Abraham's camping faith. I don't know why, because I want to go camping. But um, I want a day off, actually, soon. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, I get the, the day off. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, Dwelling in tents, notice this, and this is significant, with Isaac and Jacob, uh, the heirs of, with him of the same promise. Now, it says, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise. He lived in the land of God's promise, and notice that he never owned anything. I'm not saying that the Christian can't own a house or a car or property or a land. Not necessarily. Don't go to take, to take this to the extreme. I, I, honestly, I, I love the church, and, and, and I, I believe me, over the years, we've made every sacrifice in every way. I mean, I, I've, I've seen where I was praying for the youth one time, and I saw in a vision an evil presence come against me, and my arm was bent back. The next day I woke up, and my arm was out of place, popped out of place, and, and, I, and, I, and I tore something inside my arm. And I remember, I remember as I was there, I was being pressed by something, and I remember it was a vision I had, and it was a reality that, that hit me. The Lord showed me, you know, as I was, I was praying, Lord, what's going on? Why is this thing coming against me? Why is this evil presence? And I remember hearing a voice that said, Clear as day, Jerry. Because I knew the enemy was mad. And my arm went out of place. I don't take days off. I don't take time off because I'm sick or tired or hurt. I have to be really sick, and I don't want to catch, get you guys sick for to not show up. But if my legs fall on off, I might still be here. Um, but I think for the most part, the Lord showed me early on that it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost me something. You know, Abraham, back to uh, Abraham, he lived in the land of promise and never owned any of it except the plots that he and Sarah were buried on. That's the only thing he ever had. Notice it says he dwelt, um, he dwelt, I know there's a word here, he dwelt in the land of promise. That Greek word dwelt means uh, per- perokos, it describes him as a resident alien, imagine that. Uh, one, one thing to take note of, and I've always been fascinated by Abraham, his faith, he was the wealthiest, most powerful man of his day. You see him with his 70-some-odd servants as Lot was captured and all these kings. Well, he went over there and conquered them and didn't want a penny. He didn't need them. He had the Lord. But as wealthy as he was, he lived in a tent. He never built himself a house. Why? He looked for a better home. It says here, the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Heaven was his end. And he wanted nothing less. You're going to find that a lot of times people don't stay with the Lord. It's too easy to look away, to turn away, to walk away. Abraham is an example for us to keep pressing on, even if, like it says, he went to a place where he, he just didn't know, but he trusted God. And he, he, he never saw his, his, the multitude of people, he never saw uh, the possession of the land, but he believed. He believed. Look what it says in verse 11 and 12. It says, and I wrote here, little faith. It says, by faith Sarah herself also conceived, or sorry, also, also received strength to conceive seed. Notice this. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged God or him faithful who made that promise. Therefore, from one man and him, as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Now, he had many offspring children through the Jewish nation, but ultimately the New Testament teaches us that the true child, or I'm sorry, offspring of Abraham are those who believe in God by faith. That's the innumerable people of Abraham. His children. The offspring. That's why Jesus said, don't, don't say, oh, Abraham's our father. You know, Abraham, Jesus said, when he saw me, he rejoiced. And so that's why a lot of people believe the three angels that were there. You know, one of them was probably the Lord Jesus Christ as a Christophany appearing to him. Because, you know, Jesus is God. You know, I think one of the errors we make sometimes is, and I've done it, and that's fine, the analogy is clear that God loves you, is we compare us sacrificing our son. And yeah, he, you know, that Jesus would be the son of God because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but the son of God is his title. And it's in reference to his deity that he's always been there and that he's eternal. And that's that's who he is. When you look at it in context of Scripture God didn't give up his baby boy as much as he gave himself for you on the cross because he loves you. That's who God is. That's who Jesus is. And so Sarah, it says she, she, she conceived and bore seed when she was past the age. Now, it's interesting because in Genesis eighteen nine through 15, she laughed when she heard that she was going to have a, a child almost at 100 years of age. It's impossible. Me? Have a child for my son at this point? I'm sorry, for my husband? And, you know, she laughed, yeah. She laughed in unbelief when hearing she would bear a child in her old age. And so when you look at her life, you're going to see that Sarah, not Lara, laughed, but she also learned to laugh in faith. Because ultimately, if you look at the scriptures, you're going to see that if you read the book of Genesis, you're going to find that maybe she's a little flawed in her faith. But when, you, when Now, keep, keep, an, keep an idea of this. Have this in your minds. The Old Testament is, is essentially um, the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. That's why they go hand in hand with each other. And so we see the, that revelation where here in the, in, the new, in the New Testament, God is declaring, by faith she believed me. That's what God sees. See, because I say this because a lot of times we we short-sight ourselves. We, We cut ourselves short. We're our worst enemies. We beat ourselves up, and we don't realize that, you know, you just need a little bit of faith, Jesus said, as a mustard seed, and you'll tell that mountain to move. And you'll tell, you know, you'll pray and plead your case for your children. Lord, save them. That's our prayer every morning. Lord, save my children. Believing. I'm not saying that it's a naming it and claiming and grabbing and blabbing because you said it's going to happen. Not necessarily. God is sovereign. And he's very patient. And he waits for the right time. He's not like us. I heard a preacher one time come up here and he was a missionary. And he said that he he went to South America and he, they played the Congo and they did the worship. And he said the whole entire city came to Christ. He said children and women and men, young and old, were dancing for Jesus. And the whole city came to the Lord. And he thought, man, that was good, man. That was good. And he walked away and he went down as, as the, after the whole session was over. And he saw the local congregation, the pastor and, and, the, and, and, the, and the other Christians that were there. And they were crying, saying, thank you for coming. We've been praying for years. And the guy said to himself, the missionary, I haven't been praying for years. When they give rewards in heaven, who's going to give the reward? Who's going to get it? Them. He said, I learned a valuable lesson to pray, believing, even if it takes years. And so we see that she, Sarah, believed. And it says not because, like I said, you you read Genesis and you see the flaw, but here God says, by faith she did this. Because it says she judged him faithful who made the promise. When God gives you a promise, he keeps his word. Notice she by faith conceived and received strength. It says, and gave the str- and God gave her strength, but Sarah received it. How? By faith. Yes. God can give you that strength you need by faith. Look what it says in verse 13 through uh, 16 as we read through. It says, these all, and I put here teaching faith. Teaching faith, just so you guys know. Uh, It says, if you guys follow along, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, In other words, if they would have looked back, it says they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God, listen listen to this, and this is key here, is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Jesus said it very clear in John chapter 14, verse 1. You know, uh, let your heart not be troubled. If you believe in me, believe that I go to prepare a place for you. And in my father's house are many mansions. And if it wasn't true, I would not pull your leg to say, psych, just kidding but I am preparing a place for you. And all you're doing is you guys are seeking the Lord and drawing close to him. You're just putting a little bit more into the kingdom of God. You're investing, you're investing, you're teaching, you're serving, you're sitting, you're hearing, you're worshiping, you're praying, you're reading, you're sacrificing, you're giving to God. You cannot give him. Remember that. And you're just investing into that heavenly place one day. It says, "Therefore God was not ashamed to be called their God. He's not ashamed to be called your God. You know that? Look what it says in verses 17 through 19. Uh, "By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the offer, who had received the promise, offered up his only-begotten son." Now, he had, he had Isaac and Ishmael, but God said, "Hey, take your son, your only son. Ishmael was just the work of the flesh, not trusting God, but God only acknowledged Isaac. And he said, your only son. It says, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, verse 19, in concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. And that's kind of neat because Abraham here, it says that he believed that God would raise him from the dead. So when he went there to go strike his son, that was it. He knew God's going to keep his word. If I have to kill my son, there's a reason why. I trust God more than anything. More than the very thing I love. And for those of you guys that are Bible readers and Bible teachers and interpreters, you know, we have what's called first mention in the Bible. And what we see here is the first mention uh, uh, for the word more worship. We see where Abraham worshiped God in sacrifice. That's really a good application of what worship is it's a life of sacrifice. He gave the very thing he loved the most. And God wants your heart, God wants your devotion, God wants your obedience. Because obedience is better than sacrifice, is what he teaches. It says in verse 20, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And this was interesting because Isaac blessed Jacob as he came to a place of faith when he discovered that he actually blessed Jacob instead of Esau. Remember, he was getting old, he was blind, he was deceived by Jacob. But when you look at the scriptures, it says here he did it by faith. But remember, God promised that the blessing would be on the younger, not the older. And so Isaac was trying to thwart the work of God. At least it seems like it, because he knew better. He wasn't naive. He wasn't dumb. And God still had his way. And he retracted. I wrote in here, Isaac trembled. It says in, verse, in Genesis 27 Genesis 33, it says, Isaac trembled exceedingly. He was troubled because he knew that he tried to box God in to defeat God's plan and that God beat him. He realized that he would always be defeated when he tried to resist God's will, even when he didn't like it. He learned that despite his arrogant attempts against the will of God, God will always, God's will is always glorious. And in the end, he said, okay, Lord, you win. That's what we see here. That's why it says, by, by faith Jacob um, blessed or uh, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, it says in verse 21, and I put worshiping faith, and we'll read through this. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. Also, it says here in verse 22, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Remember, that was the word that Abraham received that they eventually would be slaves in a foreign land for 400 years and God would deliver them. But we're going to see that he believed this and he said, hey, when you guys go to the promised land, take my bones. Right? And they did because he believed. And how did he do it? By faith. But by faith in what? In the promises of God, in the word of God. The word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any double-edged sword. It will pierce your heart and the soul. It is this discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. God can change you and mold you to the woman or man he wants you to be by the power of his word. Because the power of his word that created all that we know. That's why the very Bibles you guys have in your house, I have, I don't know how many Bibles I have. That's God's word. You know, one time I asked the youth, what language does God speak in? You know what they told me? Jewish language. Jewish language. I don't ridicule them because I come up with weird answers too. You know, God speaks in your language and your plain understanding and he speaks to your heart. We see parental faith, which we're going to skip some of these. Uh, verse 23 and verse 24, and I'm going to skip this too. Uh, we see choosing faith. Verses 24 and 26. 27, we see fearless faith. And read this with me. For by faith he forsook Egypt. Moses did not, fearing the wrath of the king or the or the Pharaoh. He, for he endured as seeing God who is invisible. It's, I put here, see, seeing him who is invisible, Moses understood that God was greater than the angry Pharaoh. Also, keeping faith in verse 28, by faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. I want you to notice this. He, the Lord told him that to, put the, to kill the lamb and put the blood on the doorpost. And the Bible tells us he, he did it by faith. You read your Bibles when you get up tomorrow by faith, trusting that God's going to meet you there. You come to church to worship God together, knowing where two or three are gathered in my name, God says, I will be among you. That's so why you look at the book of Revelations. He says, I am the one who, who goes around the church. My mom taught me, yes, but the devil comes too so keep your guard up, okay? And so by faith, um, he kept the Passover believing God was going to judge the unbelieving. Verse twenty-nine. Crossing faith is what I wrote. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as, as by dry ground, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so, were drowned. And notice the difference between the Israelites and the um, Egyptians uh, crossing the Red Sea. It was it was not courage, but it was faith, because the Bible teaches this. By faith they crossed the sea. Now, how do you live for God? by faith how do you love god by faith you know look what it says here i put in verse um, 30 through i don't know what language i wrote in uh it says verse 30 and 31 i think no that's weird verse 30 i put daring faith by faith the walls of jericho fell down after they were circled the, the, the city for seven days now i don't know the math on it and if you guys do get a chance go home and look it up Jericho was a phenomenal city. You're looking at like 15-foot wall, wide you know, wide walls. It wasn't just like a little, a little pillar like that or a little brick. These were fortified cities. And when they circled the city the seventh time and they yelled, it says they did it how? By faith. Notice the theme. What is your life like? Your life is by faith. So was theirs. Verse 31 says, by faith Rahab believed. And she was saved. I call that saving faith. And we'll, we'll keep reading for the sake of time, because I got to end my study now. But verse thirty-two through thir, uh, verse thirty-two, it speaks of the heroes of faith all the way through verse thirty-eight. And I'm not going to read it right now uh, again for the sake of time. But I want to end our study and conclude it with verses thirty-nine and forty, because I knew I didn't have the time to cover everybody here. I needed another hour, and so I kind of browsed through some of them, even though I wrote a million things. And I don't understand half of it, just so you know. Um, 39 and 40, it says, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They believed. In other words, you too can make this list you too will make this list. One day, your name's gonna be in a list like this because the books will be open. I don't know how it works, but God's probably writing your story right now. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep believing. Keep seeking. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. And the door will be open to you. A door that no man can open that no man can shut. Only you can limit God in your life. And you know, by faith, ultimately, you know, in closing and concluding, you, it's not so much just, just faith. Your faith is in the promises of God, the word of God. The Bible teaches us that the word of God became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we behold his glory, the glory as, as of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and full of truth. That's Jesus Christ our Lord. And so that's what we see in, 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 when it comes to the word of God. But our faith is in Jesus Christ. Our faith is in the work of the cross. Not in our work or in our labor. Remember, God didn't honor Abraham's fleshly work, nor did he even acknowledge it. Even though he had a son because of it, he didn't acknowledge that work. But the work of the promise, and that's Jesus. And as you guys put your faith in Christ, let me tell you, it takes the weight. And the pressure off your shoulders from trying to be someone or something you're not. You don't have to pretend. Don't come to church and think you can get involved and then lead the bull by the horns. And send keep the worldly attitude out. You follow the Lord in love and grace. You you let him. You rest in the cross of Calvary. The very words of Jesus was, "It is finished," to tell us thy debt pay in full for you. And so the weight is off your shoulders. The work has been done. The the, 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 the war is, is finished. There's still battles to be uh, completed. And the weight is off your shoulders and you're free to serve God by faith. That's the relationship that we have with God through Jesus Christ tonight. You know, in closing... I think it was um, Alexander the Great, if I'm right, yeah, and he, after uh, conquering Greece, he went through the Appalachian Mountains, and I'm not sure where he was going to conquer, I used to know, and as he was um, traveling, and you know, they went through some rough terrain, if you guys know the history of Alexander the Great, he looked back and he saw this young man just struggling, he was just struggling, and having a hard time, and he was carrying this bag, and he was getting off his horse, and 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 he he turned and said, young man, what are you struggling for? Sir, I'm carrying Alexander the Great's um, treasure. uh, So when we cap, I'm going to keep it for him and protect it. And Alexander the Great said, you know what? You worked really hard. I'll tell you what. Keep it. It's yours. You can have it. And boy, did that weight become light because he was no longer carrying it for someone else, you see. And, and the next day, he's there just carrying his weight like nothing because now he has a treasure. See, it's something when someone takes the weight of the world, the weight of sin, off of your shoulder. And by faith, you come to Jesus Christ tonight, and he says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If by faith, you'll come to Him and believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek Him diligently. And you come to the cross, and you come to the Lord, and you receive salvation and forgiveness of sin. That's the God that we read of in the Bible, and it's the God we serve.